episode 5. Alexander the Great, thank you for joining me once again for another episode. Please write a review. It helps a bunch. And um, I will also send you a gift to show you uh, how much I love getting reviews. Um, It has to be a good review, five stars, please. And put a bit of effort into it. And I will also read out the, uh, the winning review. Uh, at the end of the podcast also i will have a link in the description so you can uh, donate a bit of uh, money money please if you'd like um i hope you like the podcast see you later we are at the end of the year 358 philip's biggest enemies at this moment is the city of athens well perhaps enemies is a bit of a harsh term frenemies would probably be more accurate In fact, right now, they have some sort of an alliance. However, they would gladly turn on them if that would allow Athens to have Amphipolis and control the Chalkidikian League. This league includes the cities of Chalkidiki, that northern part of Greece that looks like a messed up hand. Sometimes it's also called the League of Olynthos. Olynthos was the biggest city of the league. So when I say Olynthians, I mean the League of Chalkidiki. Uh, I'll have a picture on my website if you want to check it out. It will be in the description. Uh, This league was created in 432 when they decided to depart from the Delian League during the Peloponnesian War. And to begin with, there were colonies of Evia uh, that had moved to Chalkidiki. Evia is a little island a bit above uh, Athens. It's where I'm talking to you from now. I'm in the island of Evia. Uh, I will go, I'll explain that. I'm in the city of Chalkida, but we're going to talk about Chalkida again later. Uh, there were Philip's enemies, this is uh, Olynthos, and enemies with each other, Athens and Olynthos, or the Chalkidikian League, as we said, which is good for Philip, because if they were to work together against Philip, he would have a hard time. Athens' cunty behavior towards Olynthos started in 361, when they sent some of their people to Potidea with the sole purpose of kicking out the people that lived there and replacing them with their own. That's the, that was the first reason. Secondly, they are occupying Toroni, a city on the second leg of uh, Chalkidiki. And finally, Amphipolis is right next to them and Athens have been longing to regain control of that city. Also, by being next to them, this would allow them to have some sort of control in the northern part of Greece. So, yeah, the Olynthians don't like Athens. Philip has taken control of the mines in Damastio after beating the Illyrians, and now he probably sets his sights on the mines of Crinides. If you remember, we said that Philip had promised Amphipolis to the Athenians. Around this time, he's probably thinking he could just take the city for himself. This would allow him better control of the Macedonian borders. He could keep an eye on the roads leading to his enemies in Thrace, and he would have direct access to the merchant roads towards the mines of Crinides. The Amphipolitans, Amphipolians, Amphipolitans, I don't know how the fuck you'd say it in English, Amphipolites, it would be in Greek, so I'm sticking that. The Amphipolitans um, could tell that Philip was planning something, so they send a couple of delegates, Ierax and Stratocles, to Athens and ask for help. Now, unfortunately for them, they didn't really achieve anything because Philip, in the spring of 357, led his army to Amphipolis and besieged the city. 
Διόδωρος tells us that Philip as an excuse tells us that Amphipolis were hostile against him. Now this of course is a blatant lie. They would have nothing to gain by being hostile against Philip. The Amphipolitans saw what Philip was about to do, but Philip saw what the Athenians were about to do, so he sent them a letter saying, <clears throat> I completely recognize that Athens has every right over Amphipolis. I am sieging them in your steed, my lovely friends. The Athenians, uh, that was my Philip impression, by the way, let me know what you thought. Um, the Athenians actually believed him, poor sods, completely misreading the situation, so they let him do his thing. Philip besieges Amphipolis for five months. This is where the Theodoros first mentions the use of uh, siege engines. By using these engines, they were climbing up the walls of the city. They were also using battling rams to break parts of the wall. The Theodoros tells us that they walk in where the walls were broken and they kill only those who were hostile against them and are friendly to those who want. Uh, five months is not really that long to conquer Amphipolis. Other men had tried in the past, Iphicrates and Timotheos, and they failed. They failed due to the city's uh, impeccable fortifications. Iphicrates tried for three years and was not able to do much in those three years, 368 to 367. And Timotheos also tried for three years, but he split up slightly, 363 360 and 359. He liked taking a few breaks. Can't blame him, you know, you need to chill out a little bit. Um, this, uh, the Macedonian soldiers also did very well for themselves. With the king's blessing, they made a good amount of money from the spoils. Philip kicks anyone who has a Philo Athenians, kicks anyone out who has Philo Athenian feelings. He also allows democracy to exist. Proof for this, we have a public decree that has been found saying the public has decided to exile Stratocles, Philonas and their children. Philip then goes for Athens' ally, Pivna. This is easy for Philip and the city is his rather quickly. Hey, uh, we're here to take your city. Yes, sir. Here you go. Here are the keys. You can do whatever you want. This is where Athens knows Uh, he's probably taking the piss, right? And to save face, they decide to proclaim their war for Amphipolis, which would have been a good idea to just stay put, right? And simply talk about it without actually implementing anything because nothing good will come from this. His next target is Olynthos. Here we have a special situation where Athens and Macedonia want to cooperate with this state. Uh, Philip's Philip tells them that he will give them Potida, a city Theodoros tells us that the Olynthians have had their eye on for a while. Uh, Potida has an alliance with Athens, and we know that when Philip took over the city, he treated the Athenian garrison well and simply sent them home. But he sells the entire local population as slaves. Now, the ancient Greeks have a word for this, had a word for this, exandrapodismos. Uh, this will also happen uh, under Alexander's rule. It's a common way to make a quick buck. In the end, he does give Potidea to the Olynthians, a rare occasion in which Philip keeps his word. From this, we can see that the Olynthian League must have been a force to be reckoned with. Maybe even Philip 
maybe even Philip feared them. Or maybe he just respected them, and you can't keep lying to everyone, you have to tell the truth eventually. While all this is happening, Athens is not going through its finest period. That's probably That probably explains why Potidea was so easily occupied. The second Athenian alliance is on its final days. One of the main reasons this happened was because Athens was completely ignoring their other states. Chios, Rhodes, Kos and Byzantium were the first to revolt and accuse Athens of conspiring against them. This was instigated by Mavsolos, satrap of Caria. We see how the Persians will always want to be involved in Greece's central affairs. But worry not, because Alexander in about 20 years time will fuck them up real good. The Athenians are not just waiting around for this to blow over. The revolted allies have arranged to meet in Chios. So Athens send Charitas and Chavrias. A naval battle will take place in which Chavrias will die. Haritas, he was in charge of the infantry and were able to get away, but he was incredibly lucky, was very, very close. In 355, Athens will go back into Chios, 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 uh, sending 60 triremes and three more generals, Iphicrates, Menestheus and Timotheus. Triremes are those nice little classic boats you see when you think of uh, ancient Greece. Uh, if you've played um, Assassin's Creed, an amazing game, that's a trireme, what you're using and you're singing, oh, do, 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 or something like that. Uh, the result is going to be the same. This will lead the Athenians to capitulate with the anti-authoritarians and agree to them becoming independent. This will allow other city-states to follow along. And it must have been completely by accident that all cities, Hio, Rhodes, Kos and Byzantium ally with Mavsolos. Uh, Charitas had to make sure someone else gets the blame for this disaster, so he denounces the other generals in court. Charitas said that they must have been bribed not to engage in battle. Timotheos was the only one of the generals to be punished. He was fined a hundred talents. A talent was a measuring unit. It's equivalent to how much liquid they would use mostly wine, would fit into an amphorea, one of those ancient Greek vases. Uh, this was uh, equivalent to about uh, 26 kilograms. This was so roughly 26 kilograms. So one talent was 26 kilograms of gold or silver. Now, the price of gold and silver changes every day, all right? So take it with a grain of salt if I say one talent is this much and so on. Um, and this is where we get the word talent from. He has a talent from that. He could make um, 26 kilos of um, gold or silver doing what he does. He has a talent for it, you know. Uh, so Timotheus was fined 100 talents. We presume it was silver talents. So in today's money, one kilogram of silver is uh, $900, roughly. 26 times 900 is, uh, we'll say, uh, it's 23,400, but we'll say roughly 25, uh, 25,000. So 25,000 times 100 is 900 million, 900, uh, just kidding. Checking, I'm just checking if anyone is listening. So it's two and a half million dollars, right? Poor Timotheus, <laughs> two and a half million dollar fine. He didn't really do anything. He was just backing the wrong horse. 
Athens at the time didn't have a capable general like our boy Philip. Timotheus uh, doesn't have the money to pay up, so he self-exiles to Chalkida. Chalkida, I'm in Chalkida right now. Uh, a city about uh, 100 uh, kilometers from Athens. Now, just the decision, just the decision that the court came to shows us how Athens was thinking. The problem was with them, right? It had nothing to do with bribing or secret agreements with, uh, you know, with generals and heos and cardias and all that shit, you know? Complete nonsense. But that is the social war, also known as the War of the Allies, in a nutshell. Worthington, Ian Worthington, the amazing man, comes to the conclusion that Philip may have had something to do with the entire situation. This would distract them, allowing Philip to besiege uh, their allies and come to an agreement with cities that Athens would have loved to do business with. It's an interesting theory and does have some weight when you see Philip's actions around the same time. It's at this point Crinides asks Philip to help out against Ketripori of Thrace, Thraki. Crinides is a city that is known for its silver and gold deposits. Also, it allows Philip to test his military skills against the Thracians. The Thracians ask Kersovleptis, king of uh, the Adrisians, uh, for help, and he says, yeah, why not? Uh, Philip, uh, Philip attacks and wins with great ease. Uh, then the Thracians tell themselves, shit, I guess we need help against this guy. So Ketripori then teams up with Gravos from Illyria and Lykios from Peonia. The Athenians said, you know what, we would love to help, but because of the social war, we have a lot on our plate. According to Diodorus, Philip attacks them, Philip's men attack them before they even have time to organize themselves and get into formation. So Philip uh, then forces them to fight alongside the Macedonians. Unreal, right? These fucking Muppets. All right, I get trying to fight against Philip, but to be caught off guard to such a degree, it seems like a giant waste of time. It would have been nice to be there and see the look on their faces when they saw Philip's men approaching. Oh shit, quick, I see him coming. Didn't I bring a sword? I could have sworn I brought a shield. You know, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> After Philip uh, sorted out the immediate issues he was facing, it's at this time he sets his sight to Potidea, which I remind you he had promised to the Olynthians. He sets up his besieging engines. The Potidians freak out and capitulate immediately. Philip keeps his word and gives Potidea to the Olynthians, as we mentioned. He then returns to Crenides with a bunch of Macedonians and creates Macedonia's first colony. He renames the city to Philippus, and in about 10 years' time from now, in 346, he will produce his very own gold coin named Philippio. The mines, from simple and indifferent, according to the others, are transformed and able to produce a thousand talents a year. 26 kilograms of gold times $57,000 in today's money is roughly $1.5 million. My home is about to make some mad dough, yo. Philip is just 26 years old. He's only been king for three years, so he's doing very well for himself. It's around this time, in the year 356, we have the birth of Alexander. Philip gives us, uh, Philip, Plutarch gives us a nice little story 
the same day Philip heard his wife uh, Olympias had given birth to a healthy baby boy, he also had two other good news stories. The first being that Parmenion uh, won against the Illyrians, we mentioned this earlier, that they had tried to form an alliance with the Thracians and the Paeonians, and the second that his horse had won in the Olympic Games. And after Philip heard all this amazing news, he prayed to the gods uh, that they would give him some bad news to balance things out a little bit. So someone jumped in and informed Philip that the temple of Artemis had been torched. Now, I guess this can be seen as bad news. Others were quick to point out that the goddess must have been overlooking Alexander's birth. She wanted to make sure our baby boy would be put into this world safely. The temple was burnt by Erostratos, and after a quick torturing session on the wheel, he revealed his true intentions. The poor lad was just trying to get famous. Oh, I know, I'll just burn the nearest temple down. And, uh, and that's where we get the term herostratic fame. When the state found out why he did what he did, they banned anyone from ever mentioning his name. The only reason we today know who he was was because of Latin authors. Now, back to the previous stories that Philip found out he had a boy, uh, the army success story, and the horse winning in the Olympic Games. Granted, they were all probably, you know, they were all probably true stories. I doubt he heard about them on the same day. Uh, it reminds me of some comedy sketches we see on the telly. Uh, something happens, uh, someone walks in the frame, says something, we all at home laugh, then another person walks in, says something silly, and we all laugh again, and so on and so forth. It appears to be future historians trying to give Alexander a more divine, or, more, or a more superhuman, if you will, nature. Alexander was born in July, and the Olympic Games take place in August, sometimes as late as September. I seriously doubt that Alexander was born, and for two months, Philip had no idea he even existed. Now, of course, I say July, August, September, but bear in mind that the Greeks didn't call their months by these names. Julius and Augustus Caesar are not going to be, going, are not going to be around for another 300 years. Each city of Greece had their own calendar, which makes things, you know, lovely and confusing. Uh, the laconic uh, calendar used by the Spartans, the Atikon uh, used by the Athenians, and the, uh, and the Macedonian calendar, and, you know, many others. Uh, most information we have comes from the Atikon, uh, the Athenians, so the, the calendar that the Athenians used, as most remaining texts come from Athens. And also, the uh, horse and its rider that won in the Olympic Games are honoured by Philip, and he had them imprinted on coins with lovely Greek texts, of course, right? Because he's fucking Greek, duh. And, um, and he wrote on it Philippo, which means Philips. On one side, and on the other side, uh, the head of Zeus. These coins will end up being the most valuable coins of Greece. Uh, if you want to enter a, a whorehouse in uh, 350 uh, BC, of course, 
uh, and you had a Macedonian tetradrachmo, so one uh, one drachma times four. That weighed uh, 4.5, uh, 14.5 grams of silver. A hoa, <laughs> a hoa, a, a call girl, streetwalker, whatever this, this is the correct way of saying, I don't know. A medium looking hoa. <laughs> I like saying it hoa like Joe Pesci. She's a hoa, Johnny. Um, you know, she might call a friend over to come with you because this guy's loaded. You know, he's got a Filippo coin. Let's take advantage of him. Uh, if she was uh, elite level, like a uh, Laiva, uh, you know, that's a different story. Um, she might have been impressed, but she ain't dropping her standards. Leiva was one of the most famous, uh, you know, what do you call them, lady of the night? What's the proper way? Tell me, let me know if I'm doing anything wrong. Uh, she was, she asked Demosthenes, our friend Demosthenes, for 10,000 drachmas. And he replied, I'm not paying 10,000 for something that I know I'm going to later regret. Fuck the Mosenis. That's harsh, right? Why would you say that to the just, just say no, thank you, all right? Don't have to blame her. Um, yeah, where were we? Um, somewhere around here, at the end of 355, uh, Philip sets his eye on Methoni. If he only knew that he would lose an eye for Methoni, but poof. Uh, he might have left the city alone. He was struck by an arrow while he was uh, while he was uh, sieging the city. It's one of those heroic injuries, you know, that all our sources love talking about. Plutarch likes to <laughs> add uh, his, you know, little um, color to the story uh, and says that he lost his eye while he was spying on Olympias while she was fucking a snake. And the snake, of course, was Zeus, unable to keep his dick in his pants. You know, classic Zeus, always ready to stick it into anything with a heartbeat. Zeus gets angry with Philip and decides to punish him by taking his eye. Yes, Plutarch, thank you for that. Uh, Methoni is uh, along the coast of the Themaic, uh, Therm Themaic Gulf. I'll also have a, a link in the description so you can see where this is it. Um... Uh, my golf shit. Yes, it's near Pella, so it's easy pickings for Philip, right? So you know, but it's known that Athens would back Methoni up, you know, because we talked about uh, in the first few episodes how Argeos in 359, a contender of the Macedonian throne, uh, they offered some sort of help to him, right? So he knows that they're going to have help from Athens. And they also assured them, at least verbally, that they would help if this happened. So Athens, uh, so I mean, Athens had verbally uh, said that yeah, they would ally with um, Methoni. So when Philip arrived at the city's tall and impressive gates, he gave them an opportunity to capitulate. Uh, Methoni said, "No, hell, no." Uh, probably because of their impressive walls or the Athenian alliance or a mixture of the two, right? That's all Philip needed, so the besieging begins, which lasted longer than usual, but the Macedonians, with their slingshots, their battling rams and a bunch of crazy-ass Macedonian soldiers, the city fell. Not before a lad by the name of Astyr, 
which means star, uh, manages to hit Philip with an arrow in his right eye. One of the worst injuries you could possibly get, right? This would have been bad enough a few centuries ago. Imagine... Uh, imagine it happening a few thousand years ago. Dr. Kritovulos was uh, quick on the scene and manages to save Philip's life, but the eye had to go, man. Uh, and it all happened while he was inspecting his siege agents. Poor guy. All right, everything looks good here and here. Yes, and what's that sound? Bang! Right in his eye. Uh, from Justin, we learned that even though uh, he... Um, even though he suffered such a horrendous injury, he showed clemency to the surviving citizens of Methoni and allowed them to leave their city unharmed and they could take with them a single piece of clothing. Oh, good guy, Philip. And that was the episode, guys. Hope you liked it. Uh, I will now read out the winning review, which is by a man called JoyJoy0614 from the United States of America five stars so it's it's starting off well and the title is simply the most engaging and witty historical podcast ever spoken <laughs> jesus thank you what well, i mean amazing title and five stars okay let's read it out as an author historian and theologian i really must say that michalis has begun an exceptionally remarkable witty engaging and illuminating podcast of one of the best human characters of world history his love and admiration of the subject of alexander and greek history is without question as and his attention to historical detail with uncompromising facts is refreshing to hear by far, he's my favorite cussing historian. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, quite distinct from his boring and mundane colleagues. I encourage him to continue his noble quest with Alexander the Great and make this podcast one of the greatest. I appreciate his candor and enthusiasm on this important subject in our current backwards culture. Keep preaching, brother. People are listening. Wow. This this review is incredible. Um, I always get nervous when I get a new when I get an email notification. You have a new review. I'm like, oh shit! I bet it's going to be a bad one. But this was above and beyond. Thank you so 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 much for this review. It's making me. I was reading it to my mom, and I was like, oh my god, I was nearly crying. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, yes, I'm a mama's boy and I'm 32. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> uh, send me your address on my email, alexandros.cast at gmail.com, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-O-S dot cast, C-A-S-T, at gmail.com, and I will uh, send you... Uh, a gift or two fucking hell that was an amazing amazing review thank you so much see you later guys